Hello, everybody. This is Charles with the Barbershop Group Podcast. I'm glad to be back with you all. I hope that you all are having a great weekend. Here is another episode for you guys uh, coming up, and we hope that you will enjoy this one. Just a few um, a few call-outs before I, I get started with our guests, guys. You know, um, if you all are following us on Instagram only, you're missing out on some great articles that we share all throughout the day and night, right, um, on men's wellness, uh, mental health, spiritual health, financial health. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter or Facebook or both of those so you can gain access to many of the articles that we highlight, um, you know, throughout the week. We probably comb through about 400 to 500 articles every week and we decide hey this is what guys want to know about this is what they need to know about and some of the stuff that you'll see out there is like really really risque but it's things that we think about and and other things we know that you need to consider uh like getting your prostate your prostate check right so just make sure that you're following us on twitter and instagram uh twitter and facebook and not just instagram okay so guys um you know this uh this new year uh, is really, really important for a lot of, of men. You know, last year we did a lot of speaking to you guys about um, just your mental health and, and some of the pressures that, uh, that are out there socially. We know that now is a time that, yeah, we have to be held accountable as men, but we also are giving, being given the opportunity to experience some growth, right? We can kind of check in with ourselves. We can check in with our entire self. And I believe that checking in with our entire self has something to do with actually looking at our emotions. Yep, I said it, and when you heard it, you probably started to cringe. But that's what we're gonna talk about today, and I have a wonderful guest on the show uh, with us today. She is an author, she's a therapist, uh, she's a speaker. I mean, she's a board member, she's like doing everything, okay, guys? Uh, I have Hillary Jacobs Hendel with us today. Hillary, how are you? I'm good. And guys, don't run away. <laughs> It'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> Come in and learn something. I, it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I, I don't think demystify and make it unscary after well, all these terrible messages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the terrible messages, mm -hmm. uh, Hillary. You know, you have done a lot of work with clients uh, and, and with, you know, studies on emotion. Um, there, there's a lot of negative... Uh, uh, I, I say negative press out there about emotions, especially among guys, but there's just a lot of negative feelings about emotions, right? So when you um, started working with a lot of the clients, uh, what were some of the misconceptions about emotions that you were fielding? What were some of those questions? Oh, well, I've got them right off the bat because they were also mine even though i'm a woman but i yeah. see them you know these same things because i was raised by a like a, a psychiatrist and that's why you'll forgive me for my craziness <laughs> um uh but um, you know and these are the lessons i learned emotions are weak right mm -hmm. you should be able to control your emotions you should be able to whatever you're feeling just push them away push them down and get on with life mm -hmm. and uh you know, for some reason, I, I learned through osmosis, some of these lessons are, are direct and some of them are kind of just through modeling and watching people around. Um, and, and maybe these are my more masculine sides. Like I would not cry. I thought to cry was weak. I thought to be scared was weak. 
I mm. thought to feel kind of to show that I felt good about myself was a bad thing. Um, I never knew about shame, which was an, which is an emotion that I'm so passionate about teaching, even though that's another one that's like, mm. people are like, they start to cringe. Right. And it's an emotion that actually can start to bring up the feeling of shame when you talk about it. Yeah. Um, but if you can stick, you know, stick with us, you know, if you start to feel weird, just feel your feet on the ground. That's what I work with my clients. Just feel your feet on the ground, take a few deep breaths. But this idea that, that we are taught to feel bad about ourselves by, by our culture and not only taught to that it's not okay to be scared and it's not okay to have tender feelings, particularly as a man, but that um, it's not okay to feel legitimately full. There's kind of a false conceit or a false arrogance that we're a false bravado, but this kind of just allowing yourself to expand with a, with a, you know, with good feelings, feel, you know, for doing something well. Um, even for some people that means getting out of bed or um, being kind to themselves, that that's something to feel proud about. So there's, there's I'm gonna kind of give it back to you, but the, the messages about emotions are, are mostly incorrect, they're, they're myths. And what I'm trying to do is really correct the wrongs because when I was learning to be a therapist and I stumbled on this particular method, it radically changed my mental health and my life by teaching me things about emotions that I didn't realize there was any science or that anyone knew anything about because I thought I would have heard about it. Mm. And I didn't hear about it. And then I started helping people in my therapy practice, but I thought, wow, I could help much more, many more people by kind of sending this information out, which I think we should be learning in high school. Right. So just like we have health class, like basic information, like emotions are physical. You know, that was like, whoa, that was an aha, an aha moment for me. Yeah. Um, and that the key to working with emotions has to do with being able to tune into the body and those things. So um, we're going to talk about some very interesting eye-opening things. Yeah. That, so that can help us feel more connected and better about ourselves is the bottom line that emotions hurt, but there's a reason there's, it's worth it. And that's what we'll talk about today of. Right, right. That, that's what I want to get into is the, yeah. the defense. You know, as a as a guy, uh, there are so many things that we experience emotionally, right? But for a lot of us, um, you know, it's a it's a thing where maybe Freud was talking about the ego or something like that. This defense mm -hmm. mechanism, but with emotions, like there's really a defense uh, that a lot of people put up to keep from dealing with their emotions, right? And uh, I'm pretty sure that you have actually. Uh, ask people about this, but you know, when people start to put up the defenses, uh, when they are feeling the emotions, like they actually do have body experiences. So can you tell us a little bit about those body experiences that people have? You mean under, underneath the defenses or should right. we first talk about what are, well, what, how well, we're using the word? Let's go ahead and talk about defenses first before we yeah. jump into beneath it. Yeah. So, you know, by definition, if we think of anything we do to avoid feeling uncomfortable and, and emotionally uncomfortable. So, for example, um, you know, if, if we're hanging out, Charles, and, and I bring up a, uh, a topic that, that makes you uncomfortable, you know, maybe you change the subject, right? That's mm -hmm. a defense. Yeah. Uh, maybe you look away, you know, you break eye contact, right? These are like little, maybe I give you a compliment 
And because we don't learn about how to take in a compliment deep into our bodies, you know, mm-hmm. you like shrug it off and go, no, 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 not really. Right. That's a defense. Right. And those, that those are little kind of moment to moment defenses that we do throughout our day. And these are all normal. There's nothing wrong with anything that I'm going to say. Nobody's bad for doing these things. It's really just bringing into awareness like a whole other world. Mm. Other defenses, kind of the ones we might notice is when you're feeling bad, reaching for a drink, right? So any type of addiction is a great defense. Drugs work, right? you know, can we say? They work until they don't work. It's not a long-term strategy. Right. It's a moment strategy when I feel awful. But if we think it through, it's not a reliable defense that we can, you know, really no defense if we use it all the time, because what it ends up doing if we use defenses all the time is it cuts us off from our authentic self. We start mm-hmm. to lose access and then we feel disconnected. We can feel bored. We can feel at, have out of body experiences. We can start to just feel angry and irritable all the time and aggressive, frankly. Yeah. Aggression is a defense against experiencing a rightful anger, right? There's much to feel angry about as a, as a man in our society, as a black man in our society. I mean, don't right. get me started on racial trauma. <laughs> uh, right. A really important topic that nobody talks about or, yeah. or very rarely in, in my world. Yeah. So yeah. these are all ways that were, the defenses at one time were very adaptive because as children, when we had overwhelming feelings, which we we all have the same feelings. They're, they're wired in from the day we're born, man, woman, and every gender in between mm-hmm. has the same seven core emotions of anger, sadness, fear, disgust, joy, excitement, and sexual excitement. Got it. And those are there to tell us about ourselves and how we are uh, reacting to the world. What's what we love, what we don't love, what's dangerous, what's safe. And we need those. And that's why we need instruction in school on how to manage them, because when they come up as children and our parents don't teach us how to, and they don't accept our emotions and they don't teach us how to work with them, we have to cope on our own. And that's where we need defenses as little kids and teenagers to, to not be enveloped and overwhelmed by emotional pain. So we learn the mind is brilliant. We have these creative ways of cutting ourselves off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 those very defenses turn into symptoms later on and when you bury emotions chronically um it it morphs your personality and you lose touch with ways and you develop anxiety and depression and um addictions and personality disorders and chronic aggression and acting out and acting in and you know it's a shit show yeah no it sounds like it you know i remember one of my professors saying one time uh that uh he said and when we heard it, a lot of people in the class, but they were kind of like, what? But he said, you know, a lot of mental illness or unwellness begins with avoidance, right? And so, you know, obviously people are like, wait, what did he just say? Like, is that right? But I kind of hear you saying something very similar to that is that Same. when we don't allow these experiences, right? When we don't acknowledge these experiences, we end up going down a different path that we really don't want to go down. <laughs> Right. And yet we really don't have a choice. Um, you know, that's why the society really has to change. And the whole, the whole, there's so many things that have to change, right? The whole approach to emotions, but it starts with education and yep. it really starts with, you know, the, the people listening here who are going to be, or who are parents, right? The um, 
parents begin the chain of, of changing the generations where when your little boy um, does cries, instead of saying, you know, man up, dude, you know, like, <laughs> grow right. up. What are you, a baby, baby? <laughs> yeah, it's right. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as opposed, it doesn't mean you, you are raising, quote, sissies. You're saying, dude, I get it. You're sad. Just validating it. You know, what do you need, babe? What do you need? Like a, a little, little hug or a little, little fist bump or, you know, but to validate it. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with anger. Like, dude, it's totally cool. You're angry, but you can't hit your brother you know right. people aren't for hitting you can take this doll and pretend it's your brother and you know and we can really get that anger out right. and then you're teaching fantasy and all imagination and using that because as adults that's what i teach my patients like how do you process emotions that have been buried since childhood and there's particular ways to do that yeah. some on our own and some we need to bring to support groups therapists counselors coaches mm -hmm. you know People who, who understand emotions ostensibly. Yeah. Or people who have read my book uh, where <laughs> it teaches it and then you could actually read, you could go through it together and practice together. It's, it's, it's like a skill. It's emotional skillfulness. Like in, That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the, the inner dimensions of, of the emotions, Hillary. So, you know, we've got the, the first initial part of it where something makes me feel uncomfortable. But now, uh, especially, I think, you know, for some women and a lot of guys, right, it's very important to learn a little bit more about what happens with these emotions over time, what happens in the body. Okay. So what, what, what tends to go on in the body after not processing these things? Yeah. So it, it helps if we back up a tiny bit to what happens when an emotion is working right. Okay. Right. And then so what emotions are supposed to do, so they're these like, you could think of them as like software programs that are just wired in to the brain and they're wired in to the middle and the lower brain. So they're not under conscious control. So right away, if you take one thing, you know, from today, from this talk, it's like emotions just are, and they're not under conscious control. So don't feel you're not weak for having them. You're human for having them. Right. Um, so what happens is, and what the purpose of a core emotion is, the, the anger, sadness, fear, disgust, joy, excitement, and sexual excitement. Mm. The purpose is for something in the environment to affect us. It, it triggers an emotion. We could take joy, mm -hmm. uh, or, or, uh, I don't know. Why don't you pick an emotion that you're interested in, Charles? Um, you know what? Uh, let's go with sexual, uh, fulfillment that, that, that excitement? Yeah, that excitement. Let's, that's, let's use that one. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. So we see somebody that's attractive to us mm -hmm. and it triggers, again, out of conscious control. We can't make this happen and we can't not make this happen. Some, some emotion, the emotion sexual excitement in the brain. Okay. Before we're even aware that we're having it in our mind and we can say, you know, I'm, I'm turned on. It's the first thing that the, it does in the middle of the brain is trigger emotions, sorry, triggers sense impulses okay. through nerves into the body right. that are associated with that program of sexual excitement, which is going to be pretty much the same for everybody with slight nuances. So my sexual excitement 
may feel one way. I may feel one thing in my groin and you might feel something else. So you might feel a tingling. You might get an erection. You might, um, uh, in fact, what we would do if we were in session together is if you're talking about being sexually excited, you just met somebody, mm-hmm. I would say, and we, were, and we were learning about emotions and how they work, I would say, Charles, that's really great if we just really slow down, right? Because to notice emotions, we have to slow down to a snail's pace. And so I might teach you to ground and to do deep belly breathing, mm-hmm. um, the instructions of which are all over everything that I write and do, because it's so important, even though I used to think I couldn't stand it when somebody told me to breathe, I would want to punch him in the face. Right. And it took me years to really, it, it's, a, it's a practice. But anyway, so if we slowed down, I'd say, Charles, can you just scan your body slowly from head to toe and tell me what's happening in your body that's letting you know that you're experiencing this thing that you've just named as sexual excitement? How do you know you're turned on? Mm -hmm. And so unique to you, you would slowly scan your body and we'd start to notice the physical sensations associated with sexual excitement. And this would be the same with every emotion. If you were feeling angry, I would say, let's slow down and scan your body from head to toe and tell me what inside your body is letting you know that you have anger. And at first you may say nothing, you know, I just know it in my head. And then I would be patient and I'd say, yes, 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 it feels that way, but let's really slow down and wait like 20 or 30 seconds because thoughts, we are aware of thoughts very quickly, but emotions in the body take longer to emerge. It's like, you know, when you're going through a fog in a car and then all of a sudden you come out of the fog and you start to see the edges more mm-hmm. clearly. That's yeah. how yeah. sensations and emotions are. Gotcha. So, yeah. I, so you'd say, oh, maybe, you know, uh, with anger, I feel like some energy, you know, some movement. Uh, maybe I, my hands are tingling and they're wanting to ball up into fists. Maybe I feel some tightness in my chest. And slowly, you would build a relationship, a deeper relationship with your anger, where you could begin to notice it, and the space between noticing it and reacting would become bigger and bigger, so you could think through how you'd want to use the anger adaptively for you, as opposed to destructively in relationships, that type of thing. Same thing with sexual excitement, that you can have the ability to stay with it, see what the impulse is, because all core emotions also have impulses because their goal is to make you move. Right. That's where the word emotion comes from. I think it's French to move. Mm. So emotions always have energy. They always mobilize the body for movement and they have big energy. So when we block an emotion because our parent, let's say humiliated us for feeling angry or for feeling sad, mm-hmm. we block it with muscular tension, constriction, withdrawal, like the shame is like withdrawing into a turtle shell. Anxiety is when your muscles and everything get tense. We're literally holding down the energy. And because the, the feeling of the emotions in the body, core emotions, in combination with the inhibitory emotions of anxiety, guilt, and shame, mm-hmm. feel so awful that's when we have to lift away to save ourselves in a way and escape into our defenses 
largely into our head and our thoughts and our ruminations and our behaviors and that type of thing. You can also defend one emotion using, you know, some people like men probably when they feel sad or scared, get angry instead because anger is acceptable in men and sexual excitement is acceptable in men in our culture. Mm -hmm. So that becomes a great go-to. I'm not going to be humiliated for that. And then the tender feelings that all men have equally to women, I hate to tell you, are cordoned away until we get to know them and we can be our full whole self. Yeah. So how how did that make sense? I explained that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think to, to slow it down is is very good. And it reminds me of some of the uh, some of the readings and some of the practices that I've done coming out of uh, Buddhist Buddhist practices and philosophies where oh, very you, similar. you befriend a lot of emotions. Um, you know, you befriend yeah. the anger, you befriend some of the other um, emotions like the sexual desire or attraction and everything and you kind of sit and have a conversation with it before anything right uh, so it's stretching stretching the life out <laughs> um, exactly. you know, yeah so I I, I, w- I was doing some journaling one time and I was I was writing about something and um, all of a sudden this kind of vision hit me of being on a, a train track right, right being on a on a on a, uh, on a train and sitting at the front of it and being able to see all of the wooden uh, boards um, between, you know, everything just slowing down enough, mm-hmm. so not moving so fast. Um, and I think that, that that's a, a very real experience, uh, you know, as, as far as what guys are having is when we are encountered with certain emotions, we just want to get past it as quickly as we can. Um, whether it's our own emotions or somebody else's emotions, right? <laughs> we want them to get past it as quickly as they can too. Right? Yep. Just fix it. Yes. <laughs> right? that's what I was, that's how I was raised. Just fix it. Whatever yeah. is going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So counterintuitive to slow down and, and turn inward. And, and I think, you know, it's important to explain why are we doing this, right? If it's, if emotions are uncomfortable at best and really, painful and scary at worst um the the point of this and again if something is going to re-traumatize us we, we don't want to we don't shouldn't be alone with it that's where you know people are wired humans are wired for connection really mammals are wired for connection and so our traumas came from too much aloneness and they're healed from connection and safe connections and being with someone that witnesses a feeling but the whole purpose, whether you're doing it alone or whether you're doing it with someone else, is because when the energy is blocked throughout our lives and it's creating symptoms, the way through it is to go back in to find the sources of these emotions and, and learn how to safely let them come up and out. And they release like a wave. Like yeah. You feel this sort of intensity, you know, like just before you're about to cry um, or, you know, when you're going into sort of a rage, um, there are tri- tricks and techniques and tools and tips to safely discharge anger, to safely discharge sexual excitement, right? So that you learn skills like not to cheat on, on in your relationships. Like right. um, there are ways that we can not avoid and not act out but be with and experience in ourselves and use tricks and techniques to, um, to be able to tolerate the impulses that the emotions create until the energy is discharged. 
and then we feel calm. And then that's the gateway to the connection with this authentic self, this open-hearted state that I talk about on the change triangle tool yeah. that I share with the public. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this idea of phantom pain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that, that's something that uh, I think a lot of guys probably experienced that where, you know, maybe you had uh, some type of pain in your body or whatever. And if you were if you were willing to go to the doctor, you went to the doctor and the doctor told you, I'll take some Tylenol or we'll do a couple of X, x-rays or something like that. And you really never got a definitive answer. Right. Uh, so what is this phantom pain stuff about Hillary? Oh, um, that, that's a question no one has ever asked me. So, Charles, can you say something more like, do you mean pain that's psychological in nature from stress? Right. Like um, right. So, muscle aches, back absolutely. aches, so like John Sarno. About, you know, yeah. stress-related pain. Uh, maybe yeah. there, there's something going on that we haven't acknowledged as of yet. And some one way or another, we start to experience this physical pain that has no, you know, there's no medical yeah, physiological, no medical, physiological yeah, yeah. reasoning yeah, yeah. for it. And it's like, dude, what is this? Right? Yeah, yeah. Like and, headaches too. Yes. People get headaches. Yeah. People get weird vision stuff. People yeah, get ringing yeah. in the ear. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of symptoms. Uh, stomach back pain. Backaches. Backaches. Yes. Absolutely. So what that is, this is very, very interesting. I, I hadn't heard of it put phantom pain, but I, I do talk about pain in the body. Mm-hmm. So anxiety which again, anxiety is a signal. Whenever we're anxious, we can say, we can know. There's, there's underlying core emotions that we need to validate and process anytime. Um, so that's a, also a great tip to take away. I'm anxious, I have to, there's an emotion pushing up. Now, one of the ways, so anxiety can go into the body in various ways. It can go into the, like I said, it's, it's, its purpose is to squash down physiological, emotional energy. Mm. So it's the same idea that the anxiety can go into the muscles uh, of the body and tense it. It can go into our heart and make it beat faster, can affect our breathing. Mm -hmm. Anxiety can go into what's the smooth muscles, which are the digestive system. So irritable bowel syndrome, getting diarrhea when you're nervous. Like we've all had these things, the pit in the stomach when you're really anxious. And it's the same process that what you would do. And there, in that case, you'd probably need to go to someone, um, to a therapist, or again, I say coach, but I really mean a therapist who specializes in how to pretty much extract the the anxiety really what you're you're trying to do is get to the underlying it's usually rage Mm. um, and help get the rage out and then there's often guilt for the rage that has to be um processed and it and it's not easy i just but it is a uh, it's a worthwhile effort. The problem, you know, with therapy. One of the reasons that I wanted to put this in a in um, in all these ideas in writing for the public is therapy is expensive, and good therapy is right. even more expensive. And there's a real there's a problem with that. And um, and finding therapists that understand emotions, believe it or not, it's it's the zeitgeist is changing. But this is still not mainstream, even though it's all grounded in current neuroscience. Mm. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, many, many people are writing and researching on this. So by starting with the basic education of emotions, which is what I see myself as, as, as kind of delivering a message, taking the academic information and making it easy and practical to understand for everybody, I would say, age 15 and up. Mm-hmm. When you understand about emotions, then you can start to get curious. And even putting a name, like if I have back pain, like, and I do this as a daily practice. So if I, if I, if I have feel any anxiety or any pain, I turn my attention to it. It's just like I said, I slow myself down, yeah. find a peaceful moment, and I merely focus on the sensation. I drop whatever else is going on in my life. I drop the storyline. I don't even think about emotions. I focus on the physical aspect of it. And the, just focus, like, like in Buddhism, right? Something about focus, they now know, again, this, the, the science shows, it just starts... Uh, it starts the, the nervous system kind of going and it starts neurons going and it sets them for rearranging and, and um, processing and integrating in the brain. So the main tool that I have is I, um, I help people focus, create a safe environment and a peaceful environment to focus on physical sensations. And I just say spend, so, you know, you might spend 20 seconds just focusing on, on a, on a pain in your, neck or pain in your stomach yeah. just breathing with a stance of curiosity and compassion to yourself or kindness some men don't like that word compassion right <laughs> someone kind. told me never use the word or vulnerability kind. with men right yeah right um, but so c- some kindness like you know like you would extend like a little buddy like you yeah. want to approach yourself never with judgment because mm-hmm. you know if you judge if you're judged you certainly don't feel safe so right. That's we right. don't want to judge ourselves and just give it 20 or 30 seconds or 45 seconds. Just noticing it's very passive. It's not fixing. It's not trying to change anything. It's just mm-hmm. putting focused attention on any place in the body that hurts and just re- like a receiver noticing what happens. Is yeah. it, does it, is there a shift where something changes? Does it change for the better? Does it change for the worse? Do memories start to come up? Do feelings start to come up? Mm-hmm. Does a different type of anxiety, does my heart start to race? And that tells me I'm doing something, yeah. right? It's, it's sort of working. Now, if we feel overwhelmed and it starts to be scary, we stop. And, you know, it's good to, before you do this kind of work, have kind of safety in place, like knowing how to breathe again, knowing how to ground. There's something called like coming up with a safe place or okay. Um, so that you can imagine you're someplace where you feel safe, like, or, or secure, like the beach or, or on a hike, or you can, um, put on a a sound or uh, envision, um, a song that cheers you up so that you can stop, you know, if you're starting to go into a bad place, but if you're, if, if you can stay with it and there's something shifting and you're letting sometimes feelings come up and you just stay with it and you just let the feeling do what it needs to do. If you need to shed a tear, you shed a tear. If you need to, um, you know, follow sadness kind of, um, makes you want to cry. Fear kind of makes a lot of people feel a trembling in their body. Mm -hmm. And if you just stay with the trembling again, like a wave, it reduces, um, with anger, it's a little tricky because to discharge the energy of blocked anger, 
we need to use fantasy, we can use staying with the sensation, but again, you wanna sort of read first and know what you're doing, see what you can do on your own, and then if you can't, try to do it with a, a professional or um, in some other environment where you're not alone and you don't feel um, like you're putting yourself in any type of harm. Right, right, definitely. Guys, you all are listening to Hillary Jacobs-Hendel. She's the author of It's Not Always Depression, Working the Change Triangle. And you'll be able to uh, click the link in the show notes to check that book out, as well as the PDF uh, that she created for it. You know, Hillary, uh, we're running short on time here, but I did want to talk to you a little bit about that triangle specifically, right? Uh, But I want to talk to you about the triangle with a particular... Um, with a particular reality in mind. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're living in a day and age where we hear words like toxic masculinity. We hear um, people questioning, questioning masculinity, uh, questioning men. There's a lot of focus on you bad man. And a lot of men are not open to um, considering what's being talked about, right? And we understand that, we know this. Um, but what I observe when I am speaking to guests, uh, speaking with clients, family members, anybody, right, friends, is a lot of guys have an emotional response regarding uh, confronting ideas like toxic masculinity and all of these things. So now you're talking about you know, this, this triangle. So if you could, um, could you just try to uh, give us a little word about or how to maybe encourage men to sit with some of the things that are being discussed and sit with the emotions that they're having in response to uh, these topics that are being discussed? Because I, I personally feel, Hillary, that before a lot of us guys really, really know anything, we have a feeling and then we don't want to know. Right. So there's that avoidance again. So how could we use the triangle to try to become more open and honest about what's taking place uh, in society today? Yeah, um, that's such a great question. So the the, the change, the, the first step in working that triangle, right, it's, it's noticing, you know, the top of the triangle is if you're in a defensive state or an anxious state or the bottom of the triangle, which you can kind of imagine superimposed on your body is core emotions, which we're trying to get to. And then below the triangle is this kind of Zen state. When you, when you go through emotions, you, you connect to your authentic um, self. Yes. So the concept of, of the, you know, the words toxic masculinity, I can imagine putting myself in a guy's skin and being like, I'm toxic, like you're, you're talking about me. So is that what you're saying? So there's a defensive, I could see, um, you know, what it's really referring to is what's been perpetrated against men in society, Mm -hmm. which is that men are raised to have to cordon off um, the tender aspects of them, of their, of their inborn essence. Yeah. So sadness happens when we have losses. Men have losses as much as, Women have losses That's right. and every gender in between and fear happens when we're threatened and men are threatened all the time in society. All the time. That's right. By, by other men, um, 
by now with these kind of the Me Too movement, right? It can be conceived of very threatening, even if you understand. Right. So the defensive maneuver would be to avoid the whole thing or, or, or be like, you know, fuck that or, right. uh, you know, like, like, you know, just to, st you know, see all the body language where right. this is all part of defenses, which are, oh, you can see in every ounce of my being, it's like, that feels defensive. Yes. What I would encourage anybody to do at any time, right, in working the change triangle, which is a universal phenomenon, you know, it, it's for everybody, yes. is to get curious. When, when you notice you're doing something, like avoiding, or when you notice you're judging, or when you notice you're getting upset, anytime you, like, can just notice yourself, then you can get curious. Huh, what's the feeling that came up? Yeah. When somebody just, you know, mentioned uh, me too or toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Okay. I felt insulted, right. To try to see if you can name it. And what's that feel like in my body? Like what's the emotion that goes with that? Yeah. And then you can look at a list. Like sometimes I get stumped with myself still. And I've been practicing this for, you know, over around 15 years. I didn't discover this stuff until I was 39, by the way. And I'm, I'm 56 mm -hmm. now. So it's, um, it was later in life, but you know, you can just run. Am I, anytime you're feeling anxious or anything defensive, ask yourself underneath it all, if I could go right through into my core feeling, am I angry? Mm -hmm. Check. Yeah, I'm angry. When I hear toxic masculinity and those concepts, um, am I, am I sad? No, not really. Am I afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid that my rights are going to be taken away and that I can't be myself. And I'm a man and I, I value being masculine. So yeah, there is something frightening about that. Am I disgusted? Yeah. Like, uh, like that whole concept just disgusts me. I, I don't want to be rejected for who I am. Right. Um, and so you check off as many that apply. We can have more than one. We can have all seven emotions at the same time and they can be opposite in nature. And then, you know, we have to hold, we have to imagine that we get bigger to accommodate inside everything so that it doesn't bundle up and make us anxious too, like too many emotions. And then you try to deal with them one at a time and see how best and most adaptively. So, you know, if I'm angry at something that, that someone is telling me or a topic, um, I want to listen to that anger and, 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 and what it's angry about. And then I want to channel that into something that is constructive. I may want to put it in my backbone and advocate and fight back and say, um, this is particularly true in, in racial trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Like how can we take that anger for the injustices, all the injustices and do something that feels like we're making a difference to, right. to help. Or maybe we need to set limits and boundaries and say, you know, I don't like the way you're talking to me now and I don't really understand what you're saying. So can you clarify what you're saying vis-a-vis -vis, uh, toxic masculinity? Am I, am I under, oh, understanding yeah. it? In the Absolutely. Way? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, and, a, that's, uh, that's what we're, we, we experience um, a, a lot of times, you know, when we're talking to other guys, uh, you know, even myself, I, I'm not totally there in every bone right and mm -hmm. I kind of go like wait wait a minute I remember being uh, invited to a conference uh, 2016 2017 maybe mm -hmm. and, um, they wanted me to be a moderator um, and when I saw the the programming for the conference 
and this uh, this uh, this session on toxic masculinity, and they had like eighty bullet points of toxic masculinity, and I read through mm-hmm. everything, and I was like, uh, "What? Wait, what? What? Okay, wait, wait a minute. What's going on here?" Mm-hmm. You know? uh, yep. And did you notice your body language a moment ago? Right, that's like that. Yeah. Those oh, are yeah. right. That's the <laughs> right. That's like right. Right, right. So, yeah. you know, I had to kind of take a step back from it and let let the better mind come forward. And and even, you know, guys, if you all are listening, right, to just, it, those 80 bullet points all didn't settle well with me, even when my right mind was, was active. Some of it was kind of like reaching, but some of the things I kind of said, wait, you know, I could see that or wait. I've even felt that as a guy, right? Um, and you put on a different set of glasses um, and it impacts how you then respond emotionally uh, and cognitively uh, to, to, uh, to what you're reading or to what you're hearing. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to throw that question out there because it's not every day that a guy gets to ask that and ask that in an honest way. You know, there's so many men who, they're okay with having these conversations in a corner with their buddies, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not ready to have this conversation openly. And, and I understand in some cases why, you know, part of it is that some guys just don't have the ability to express themselves. They can't say what it is that they're thinking. The two don't connect. And in other yeah. cases, on the other side, right, there are people who really, really aren't ready to, they say they're ready, but they truly aren't ready to have a man explore himself completely or expose himself completely so that we can have that type of conversation, right? Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask that question. <laughs> yes, of course. And, and I would say, you know, there's, I think there's a misconception. I, I've written um, several articles about men, for men, and for women, right? Because women are culprits in this too. Mm-hmm. But I, I love men. When I write about toxic masculinity, the intent is to say, you guys are in pain, right? The yep. suicide rate in men, the, the heart disease, diabetes from stress. Right. This is something that has been done to you it's where i i love masculine men um as a heterosexual woman so we're not talking about you we're i'm at least talking about the ways that you have um been 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 raised to have to cut off parts of yourself and to feel that it's not okay to have needs and longings other than sexual. Um, One article I wrote was about, you know, you know, we can't complain that men are channeling all their anger, fear, sadness into, into sexuality, because that's what we've, that's what we've said is okay. That's right. And that we have to make it okay. And women, I've heard women say, Oh, I don't like this guy. He was like too, you know, emotional. That's like, (laughs) they're, they're socialized in the same society. That's right. It's for both men and women to say, look, we are all the same as humans, much more the same than otherwise when it comes to emotions. And we really have to be educated on that and then change so that we all have strong points. We're, we're, We're tough at times and we're tender at times. That's right. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, um, I, I, that's what it's about. So it's not like saying that men are, bad people do bad things it's Mm -hmm. bad behaviors but those bad behaviors 
are are caused by the socialization of of men and there's things we can point to for women right they do bad behaviors because of how they're socialized yeah absolutely Um, yeah absolutely well guys uh, again oh one more thing you were you're getting ready to say something about that a little further um, no, I think it could take us way over time. So, well, maybe I'll just have to come back. Yeah. You, you definitely have to come back. We would appreciate yeah. having you back on. You know, guys, again, you've been listening to Hillary Jacobs Hendel, the author of It's Not Always Depression, Working the Change Triangle, to listen to the body, discover core emotions, and connect to your authentic self. She is a, a therapist and a speaker out of Manhattan, New York. If you are in the New York area, definitely. New York City especially, reach out to her. We'll make sure that uh, we have her Twitter handle and uh, Instagram on the uh, in the show notes for you guys. Uh, we always try to provide you all with great resources. Those resources are people, uh, not just literature. We, we know mm-hmm. that we're living, breathing people who mm-hmm. have done the work, who continue to do the work even in their own lives, uh, yeah. we're able to assist all of you guys. So, uh, Hillary, we thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much. And I do have just one more thing to say because yeah. my somebody told me that men don't like to read that much. And I just wanted to say the book is on audio tape. So if you're in your car and I wrote it to be very practical and there's lots of stories. And I think, you know, I, I wrote it because I like I don't like boring books. So it's it's worth a listen. And yeah. um And uh, I just thank everybody for being so courageous um, and caring of themselves as to listen to this on emotions. It's it's not an easy topic. So thank you, Charles, for having me. It is not an easy topic, but it's very very necessary. So guys, listen, a few call outs for you at the end of the show. Um, You know, make sure that uh, you give us your feedback at info at thebarbershopgroup.org. You can also DM us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Okay. Whether you like the show or didn't like the show, doesn't matter. We need your feedback. We want to know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We want to know. So again, info at the barbershop group or any of our social media handles will work because uh, your feedback helps us uh, come up with new programming for uh, for the shows and if you happen to like what we're doing with the organization and the podcast guys you can go to our patreon site www.patreon.com backslash the barbershop group uh, to make a contribution today so we hope that you all will be well and we will talk to you soon <laughs>